Hi, and welcome to your Ontario Animal Health Network podcast, quick and handy tips for veterinarians on the go. I'm Dr. Melanie Barham, Owen Coordinator, and today I'm joined by Dr. Jim Fairless, who is the Client Services Veterinarian at the Animal Health Lab. Welcome, Jim. Welcome. So today we're actually here to talk about how you can get the most from your diagnostic dollars. Uh, so Jim has come up with our top 10 tips, basically to make the most of what you're going to be submitting. So Jim, if you want to take it away, um, we're going to go, I guess from, well, we'll go from one to 10, I suppose. So <laughs> number one, what would you suggest to start off with? So the first thing that you need to think about is what what are you actually going to want to determine? What what types of actions? Are you ca- casting a wide net or are you testing a specific hypothesis? And what do you, the big thing is, what are you going to do with the answer? The, the diagnostic testing you're doing, what are you going to do with that answer? And ultimately, will it affect your decision on care? So the, the first option then is assess the clinical syndrome being asked and determine what actions you want, whether you really want to do any testing or not. Um, all right, and then the next step from there, um, interpreting the user manual. Well, we, uh, the next step, obviously, if you want to do some testing to, to find out what's going on, you need to uh, make sure that the tests are available, that, you can, uh, that you're able to send them. If there's any ambiguity with what you need to test for, you need to make sure that, uh, that you get the right answers. So first of all, um, Diagnostic Lab has a user manual that you can, can have a look at, and it has a lot of a wealth of information in there. If you don't see what you see or don't see anything in the tests or there's something ambiguous or you just have some questions, there's lots of experts at the lab to help you with that. You can, you can start uh, with a phone call and go through what you um, want to accomplish and see if there's any, uh, anything that, that would help get to your end result. Yeah, so that you're making sure you've got your right test down in the right uh, on the lab submission form the first time. Um, the other thing that I guess is that we can send out for uh, for additional labs, or we can send to outside labs. Is that correct? There is a, a multitude of of uh, diagnostics out there. The Animal Health Lab uh, certainly has a lot of tests available. We have over a thousand tests listed in our in our fee schedule, but uh, there's lots of other diagnostic labs that that do testing and we do send a large number of tests to other labs who um, throughout the country and and North America. Right, so it can make cross-border shipping a lot easier and that, and that kind of thing, yeah. We have the, uh, for other diagnostic labs, if it requires any special uh, handling like that, we have uh, import and our export uh, certificates set up with other labs to, to send samples. And if it so happens you're not an AHL customer, then um, your lab may offer the same thing, so just give them a ring. But do remember that the user manual does contain an awful lot of great information in, in, in most user manuals for most labs, uh, particularly if you're not sure or if, you wanna, if you're not, if you haven't done the test in a while, uh, good to double-check and make sure you're taking the right samples because there's nothing worse than getting back to the clinic and realizing you took the wrong sample. <laughs> and that's number three, and that's actually the preclinical part of things and taking that sample and make sure you need number one the correct sample is it blood tissue csf whatever is needed the correct vial and container some some tests you don't want to put in glass others uh, don't like contact with rubber you just you got to make sure that you have the the right vial and container correct storage 
whether that be room temperature plus four degrees or or minus 20 uh, the correct disposition what type of sample you're going to take the and the correct test obviously we just talked about that and then in many uh, tests if you're testing uh, multiple using uh, different parts of the lab doing multiple types of testing such as for uh, diarrhea where you may be, may be sending a bacteriology and virology it's always nice to split the samples ahead of time so the diagnostic lab uh, can be much more efficient in sending them to the different uh, different labs for testing. So and lots of those things are in the user manual, correct? That's right. We we have a lot of information on the tests themselves. You can see that information there and then there's other information throughout the user user uh, manual to and that's on the that's online as well as on paper format if you uh, if you're a veterinarian and you're and you're a customer of HL um, but it, but it's also free online correct the user manual is available um, online for anyone to look at the other thing that I guess uh, that uh, that I didn't realize as a private practitioner and I probably didn't make enough use of is the lab notes out there uh, the HL lab notes that are available Anytime you have some specialized testing, there's lots of uh, different types of, of testing that uh, is done at AHL and other labs, and, and some of it's, it is rather specialized, and there's lots of different tests. One, one example is bovine virus diarrhea, BVD. There's, there's uh, several different tests to use, and in order to sort that all out, we have a lab note on, on things like that, and there's other lab notes as well to, to try and uh, help practitioners as they... As they uh, Submit tests. And those are online. Uh, just search AHL lab note. Um, so number four, submission forms. Those pesky, pesky submission forms. <laughs> it would be great in this world if you didn't have to have to use any paper and you just sent the sample and everybody knew what was happening. And, and that's coming, and we'll talk about that <laughs> a little bit here. But right now, uh, if you're using a paper submission form, uh, it's, uh, that is a very important step in, in getting all of the information that's necessary for uh, proper testing. You need, we want lots of detail, want the, obviously the clinic, we get samples in, in at the lab where they forget to fill out the clinic information and that, that sets us back a little bit. It's pretty hard to give the information back, isn't it? When you don't exactly, know who sent it in. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and obviously billing information is important if, if it's uh, going to be paid for by someone else. All of that information for the animal ID and signalment on, on, on the animal is obviously important. The duration of problem, the demographics, both of the client and the, uh, and the animal. Premises ID, uh, more and more we are uh, asking for that and uh, you look to the future to have that uh, an important part of the submission form. For those for those who don't know what a premises ID is, um, unique ID given to farms in Ontario. Uh, so across it, it can be given to any farm property, um, but uh, it is used most frequently probably in swine and poultry, huh? and and dairy as well, dairy and beef. Yeah, so far um, it's it's I guess it's used most in in swine and poultry, but dairy dairy farms all have their own premises ID as well. 
So, Jim, if you were going to um, pick only a few things to uh, to submit on the form, if you're really short on time, you'd pick the clinic and the billing, uh, signalment to the animal, including the age, which is very important, and the sector that the animal is involved in. So whether that's uh, beef, dairy, veal, that kind of thing, um, or whatever other species. Um, and then the animal demographics and the premises ID and the history. That'd be six things, actually. That's right. The the more information you give us at the lab, the better job we can do for you. For instance, any types of neonatal diarrhea, we need that uh, age information in order to set up the right tests. And we, and you give us the information, we'll help you get the answer you want. Okay, so what's number five? Obviously, you want to make sure that the, the submission form that you've just filled out gets with the samples that you want sent and they're in close proximity to each other, so when they get here, we are able to link the submission form to the samples. And uh, the, the best way to do that is a sample submission bag where you put the samples in the bag and then the su- submission form in a pocket out, uh, away from the samples so it does not get contaminated. Okay. Um, and on the actual tubes, you should consider, you should label all of the, important, the pertinent information, owner name, animal name, date probably. That's right. We want we want the uh, the animal IDs to match with what's on the submission form. That we look at for all of those things when they get to the lab to make sure everything uh, aligns, so that we have the right sample with the right submission form, so we can do the right test. Another thing to consider there certainly is online submissions. We have the option to do some e-forms and online submissions in order to uh, facilitate that. And, and help us help us do our job better and, and you as a practitioner as well. And then uh, once the sample gets here and gets entered in our system, we also have another uh, option that's a sample or a submission receipt confirmation where you get an email back to say that, yes, we have received it, and this, this is a sample that was received, and these are the tests we ordered, and you can double-check that and make sure that's exactly what you wanted to do. Uh, okay, so now we've got everything ready to go. How do we ship these? What have you got for tips for shipping things? Well, that's number six, and that's shipping. That's that's obviously a very important part. It would be great if if uh, the lab was anywhere and everywhere, and you could just uh, get it to the lab in five minutes, and we'd have the test for you in ten, and everything would be good. But it doesn't quite work that way. So we do have overnight perlator shipping from anywhere in Ontario. Um, Shipping uh, laboratory, shipping animal samples to a laboratory are are uh, essentially exempt from TDG transportation of dangerous goods shipment uh, regulations, but we still would like them to uh, correspond with the UN three three seven three shipping requirements, uh, which means that you need them uh, double bagged uh, with absorbent material. In the, in the inner bag and a protective exterior such as a cardboard box or a uh, styrofoam container. And obviously the cold chain is, is important. Uh, the cold chain is important in the, in the summer to make sure things stay the temperature they're supposed to be, um, plus four degrees or, or frozen. And the same issue happens in the wintertime when it's minus 30 out and you don't want some samples like uh, histology, histology and formalin or EDTA blood samples to freeze. Um, so, and I guess you guys have a great tip for uh, for keeping, making sure that formalin doesn't freeze. Is that correct? 
Yeah, at the, at uh, we're recording this when it is about minus 15 out, so you can add uh, a little bit of uh, alcohol to the formalin, 10% alcohol to uh, prevent the formalin from freezing. Okay, and then a ten to one, uh, ten to one uh, ratio of formalin to uh, to material is correct. Right? That's that's right. I am a for, I I used to practice for a long time, and and uh, if you get a sample back from the uh, or get a result back from the lab from the pathologist saying in, insufficient fixation, it likely means you packed that bottle too much. Um, now, one of the things that the ladies at the um, or the you know, the ladies down at the front told me is that they like to have if it's a larger container than one of the the little tiny formalin containers like 10 mLs, they like to have it. Um, they don't want you to ship it. You're not supposed to ship the the big formalin jars. Well, the the issue with formalin and shipping formalin once again is transportation of dangerous goods, and uh, the the more liquid you send uh, in a shipment like that via courier, the more chance of it leaking. We don't like samples leaking here at the lab. That's that's a big no-no. We really want to maintain our ability to ship these samples overnight uh, without uh, too much ado, so we really want you to, to uh, pay attention to that. One of the things with, with a formalin fixed tissue is that you can actually take the tissue out of the formalin, wrap it in formalin-soaked uh, paper towel, and just ship us the samples that way. We'll reconst- reconstitute it in formula when it arrives here as long as they're then they should go into a whirl pack after that that's right they need to go into a whirl pack bag so that once again they don't they don't leak and double bagging is important as well the only issue there is you obviously you need to keep them at the clinic for a for at least 24 hours for them to fix before you do that okay um and then for supplies and things like that for shipping um what happens if you don't have whirl packs at your clinic or uh, or, the, or the correct materials? The, the Animal Health Lab uh, maintains a uh, standard uh, supply of, of various shipping material, and you can let us know. We, on a fee for, um, on a cost uh, basis, we, we can uh, send you supplies if, um, that you can use for, for shipping. And that includes virus transport media and swabs, correct? That's correct, yes. We, we have a variety of uh, different media that you can, uh, that you can uh, use for once again, using the right um, container and or swab to get the sample here. Okay. All right. So, getting it to the lab, couriering. We uh, we have an option for overnight prepaid courier. Uh, you can contact the lab uh, to get more information about that if you're already not using it. There are uh, we have the at, here at AHL we have a few options for same day courier courier, but it is only in the local area around AHL in Guelph. We also uh, are able to um, give you prepaid waybills um, that you can use on your on your shipments. Please uh, give us a call or email us to um, and we can tell you more about that. Okay. Um, oh, one thing to throw in um, the Dr. Um, Dr. Ritzelow had shared about um, as far as packaging goes, um, she had mentioned about shipping slides with formalin. That, yeah, that's another. That, that's about the only reason we really would like you to send one package a day to us and include all the samples in that package for obviously obvious reasons of economy. However, uh, when you put cytology and and uh, blood smears near formalin, they obviously fix too, and that doesn't help the morphology of the cells for our clinical pathologists to 
to read these. It turns the slide a funny color, too. It does, it? yes. So, so beautiful, so, but not helpful for your submission. Separate uh, separate submissions for formalin versus um, cytology and EDTA slides. And the other thing that she had asked uh, us to pass on was the um, was about sending in a slide with your blood smears, if possible. Because it doesn't always, the samples don't always get here right away, and it sometimes takes 24 hours to get them here, the uh, EDTA blood already is starting to break down a little bit, and uh, the blood smear made here, uh, we can't tell the difference between aged cells, aged neutrophils, and toxic neutrophils. So it's always best immediately after you take the uh, EDTA blood sample to make a, make a smear and send it along with the blood sample. And then we've got a we've got uh, the optimum sample for the clinical pathologist to have a look at, if needed. Okay. All right, so tip number eight. Once our sample gets to the lab, what can we do? Well, the, obviously, uh, you want the results as soon as possible. We do have published turnaround times for all our tests, so you need to... Uh, once again, in our in our fee guide, you need to have our fee schedule. You need to have a look at that, and make sure that what you expect for turnaround time, we're able to uh, handle. We we do uh, have some uh, testing that we are most of the time able to get out same day, uh, but that's um, that sometimes can't always be. We have an excellent quality system here at AHL, and and we have to have all of the controls and internal controls and and um, and those types of things um, working correctly for these tests. And sometimes uh, a run fails, and we have to repeat it. So you need to make sure that you give uh, give us enough time to do the testing and and in accordance with our quality system. So, Jim, the other thing to make your results faster is to consider getting online access to your results. Is that right? The, the best method for that we have for getting your results is email. That seems to be the most fail-safe uh, fastest. Many, and fastest. Many people still want uh, results faxed. We still are able to do faxing, but it uh, there's, uh, there's still concerns about getting the, res- the results to you uh, well, nice to get it directly to your phone, too, so even if you're on the road, you can still That's access right. it as opposed to being back at the clinic. We do have online access to results, and you can certainly look at things there. Uh, it's it's certainly a good as a backup. If you don't see results and you're not sure what's happening, you can always go online and have a look and see whether they're done or not. And many many other labs have the same thing, I understand. That's right. Okay. Um, so now the other thing is, as you get your results back... Um, what, you know, obviously you're going to be interpreting them, talking with your uh, client about them. Um, what do we need to know and what can we do to maximize our results? The, the important thing about results, obviously, is, is as I mentioned, we have an extensive uh, quality system here. We want to get you the correct result. If the results you get back are just not, you don't appear to be plausible or you're, you're just not sure um, what is going on, don't be afraid to call. We are always, uh, we have, once again, we have the experts here for interpretation of results, and we can we can go through them. If there's any questions about it, we can, uh, we can take it from there and possibly uh, need to do some more testing to get to the bottom of things. Yeah. 
Um, I think uh, maybe Dr. Delay put it really nicely because uh, she said, you know, I, and that's maybe one thing I didn't necessarily think of, but the, you know, the the pathology report and the report you get back from the lab is just the start of the conversation, provided that every, provided that something isn't quite right on the thing, but don't feel afraid to, to call. Yeah, anytime that there's any questions about results or, or you have questions about interpretation or anything like that, the... Uh, or there's uh, there's someone here. Um, there, if you look at the bottom of the report, there is uh, a one of the uh, laboratorians or pathologists has signed off on it, so you can certainly get in touch with them too. Okay. All right. So once your lab results are obtained, um, what's next? Well, we obviously uh, veterinarians are dealing with obviously their clients, their uh, the producers, the owners that. Uh, and you need to converse with them. The, the Animal Health Lab does not have a vet-client-patient relationship with owners, so we do not, and we really don't want to and, and will not uh, uh, discuss results with directly with owners. We rely on you, the veterinarian, who is there in the position to interpret these results and give the give the the best uh, treatment and management decisions and, and outcomes to, to your clients. Okay. Um, any other tips or, or any, other, any other last statements you wanted to share? Well, I think just, just that the diagnostic lab is part of the, one part of the team in, uh, as, in you as the practitioner um, helping your clients in, uh, in whatever it is, uh, the final outcome that they, they want to achieve. Okay, thank you very much for joining us today, Jim. And um, if you, there will we'll also be publishing some videos uh, about packaging and sampling um, in the near future, so those will be posted with our podcast.